Hey everybody, welcome to episode 260 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host Chris McClung coming to you from Austin, Texas, and I am excited to be back to you as promised here in 2022. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my personal running journey couched in the vein of talking about process goals for 2022. Hopefully, you can learn a little bit from my journey as I am still chasing big goals myself as a runner. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my running journey, what that means for me as it relates to process goals in 2022, and of course, how you can apply some of those concepts in your own training journey. Before we get there, I've got a few intro items. First of all, welcome to 2022. I'm excited to be doing this now entering my fifth year of podcasting. We actually started this podcast back in December of 2016. So we went through it and did the full year in 2017. So now we're entering year number five of producing weekly content for you guys via the Running Rogue podcast. And it is an honor and a privilege for me to keep doing that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about as we as we start about some of the reasons why I do this just to reframe things here in 2022. Also, I'll be approaching the 2 million download milestone here in the early part of 2022 within the next three or four months. And that's a big milestone in the world of podcasting. Couldn't do it without you guys. But as a part of that discussion and and reaching that milestone, I wanted to reframe and reset why I do what I do. To do that, I'm going to actually start by reading a review that I got on Apple Podcasts. And this one happens to be a less than favorable review, but that's okay. Everybody can have their opinion, but I think it tees up this topic well. So I want to go ahead and read it. So Hellfighter 6 says, good information and perspective. However, the host seems overly concerned with being perceived as being woke. His self-promotions to this end are awkward at times and cast a shadow on the overall content. So thanks for the review, Hellfighter, and thanks for listening. I won't necessarily comment on the points about being woke. I think that's a funny term that gets thrown around these days. And I assume you're referring to my conversations talking about Elkanah Kibet and Nathan Martin around the New York Marathon and the fact that black runners often don't get the same coverage as white runners and that should be different in the world of running if we want to have equal representation and equal opportunity for all. But putting that aside, I think this tees up well the conversation about why I do do this. And I can tell you, Hellfighter and all of you listeners that I do this not to be perceived in any particular way. I actually don't care at all how I'm perceived. And I don't say that flippantly. I don't say that maliciously. I just say it as that is not a motivation for me. I don't do this for the limelight. I don't do this to be perceived in a certain way. I don't do this for the ego. I do this for a couple of reasons. One, very fundamental and pervasive in what does motivate me, which is that 
I do this because I believe that running has the power to change lives. And I believe that I have been given unique skills for whatever reason to help be a vehicle for that for people. And so I do this podcast and I've done it for four plus years now because I can reach more people through this platform so that running can change more lives. And some may think that's crazy and trivial, this idea that running could change lives. But as a coach, I've seen it time and time again when someone works hard towards a big goal, pushes limits, tests their boundaries, and then ultimately sees that they can go to places they never thought possible through this sport, then that carry over, carries over and translates into all parts of their lives in ways that has such an amazing and positive impact. And in a world where in the past, traditionally, the common mythology out there would say that the everyday, the quote, average runner can't have access to the same training principles as the elite runner. I am here to be a vehicle to bring those principles to the masses, so to speak, so that you can all have access to that same opportunity and potential to change your life by pushing yourself in this sport. And that's the most fundamental reason why I do what I do because I believe it has the power to change who you are. And then that can have a ripple effect through the rest of your life. I've seen it in person. I've seen it and experienced it through emails I've gotten from listeners. I've seen it in virtual training environments through my podcast. And that is the air I breathe in terms of my passion for this sport. And the reason why I get on the mic every week, oftentimes in a room by myself to talk about the, the training concepts that I've come to learn and share so that you can have access to them just like so many others do. That's fundamental in number one. Number two is that I believe that a part of that process in changing your life through running is being a fan of the sport. And so I also have a passion for introducing you to the sport in a way that helps you understand that we're not that different from the elites, from the fastest into the range. We're, we all face the same challenges, the same feelings, the same, the same insecurities in many ways. And when you can, can, can connect to that by being a fan through the sport, then I think it has a powerful way of translating into your own world and own running. And as a part of that, that means I like to be a part of bringing the stories to everyone that may not be heard. And I'm a big believer that if we're going to achieve equality in this world, then one of the things that we need is equality in our, in our idols and in our hero worship. And I say those two words in the most positive sense that until our heroes and our idols look as diverse as the world out there, then not only will we not have equality, but we will also miss out on so many powerful things. So when I talk about sharing the stories of black runners and making sure there's equality associated with that in running media, including on my show, it has nothing to do with being perceived as being woke. 
It has everything to do with believing that when those stories are told, the, the power of our collective is so much stronger because it gives that young black runner representation to believe that they can do it too. It also shows that young white or Asian runner a different storyline, a different perspective that's going to inspire them perhaps in a way that they couldn't otherwise be inspired. And so I'm a huge believer in building fans in our sport, which means we have to tell stories equally, not only across race, but also across pace and speed and different types of races and, and, and different types of experiences in our sport so that we can all collectively be exposed to more inspiration and more stories than we would be otherwise. And a part of why I do this podcast is to help share those stories. That's also a part of why I do the Clean Sport Podcast, where we can share those stories as well. So those are the two most fundamental reasons why I do what I do. It has nothing to do with me or how I'm perceived or fame or ego or anything like that. I do this simply because I am passionate about seeing change through the sport. And a part of that is making sure that all stories are told equally. And so I will continue to do that in this new year as I approach 2 million downloads. And then I will continue to do it well beyond that because I firmly believe that for whatever reason, I was put on this earth to share my talents in this way, to change lives in this way, and I'm going to keep on doing it. So I wanted to set the tone for 2022 with those words. I'd also ask you that if you like what you hear with this podcast, drop on, give me a review because would love to drown out Hellfighter's review. So jump on Apple Podcasts and drop a review if you would be so kind. All right, a couple of other quick things before I jump into my main topic. I want to remind you that our two podcast training, current podcast training groups, the She Squad, the women only group coached by Jen Howard Brown and Ruth England, that is open if you'd like to jump in with that group and also my Renegades Worldwide, the, the, the main podcast training group that I coach is also open. I coach that group with James Dodds. Those two groups will be open through the end of the month. So if you'd like to jump in to train for races in the spring and early summer, this is the time to do it. Doesn't matter the distance you're trying to cover from 5K up to the marathon. We've got programs and tracks for you, so you can jump into either of those. And if you're not sure what's right for you, you can check it out at our website, roguerunning.com. You can also email me, chris at roguerunning.com, to lay out your specific situation, and I can point you in the right direction. So check out those two things if you want to jump into some of our virtual podcast-based training programs. Third thing, I'm excited in this new year to renew my partnership with Care Of. And I'll be talking about a little bit more about what Care Of provides midway through the episode, but they're going to be my partner for this episode. And I've got actually a year-long partnership with them currently planned, which is really exciting for me. And I've got another partner that I'll be talking about next episode that I think fits well for what I am doing too. So thanks to Care Of for sponsoring this one. Again, I'll talk more about what I'm doing with them 
in the middle of the episode. But let's jump in to the main topic. We're going to be talking about process goals for 2022. And I want to talk about it in the context of my running for reference. So you can not only be updated on what I'm doing, but also hopefully learn from what I'm doing. You know, for those that have been listening for a while, you know that I've been doing this for a long time. I've been running marathons. My first I did in 2001. And I started my running journey after ending a soccer career in 2000 by running my first 10K. And so I've been doing this now for going on 22 years of training and racing. Got over 150 races under my belt. I've started 21 marathons. I've finished 20 of those and then done a whole hodgepodge of other race distances, including having a little triathlon phase where I did the half Ironman a few times. So I've kind of done it all, been doing it for a long time, have a lot of consistency under my belt, a lot of volume under my belt, but I still have big goals, which means that I still need to be thinking about what am I doing to try to go chase those big goals in 2022. So we're going to talk about it. I'm not a huge resolution person per se, not that I'm against them. If that's your thing, I'm kind of a change what you want when you want kind of a person. But I do think the beginning of each year gives us a natural milestone to think about what we want to accomplish in the, in the upcoming year and think about what might it take to get those goals. So let's lay it out. But First, I want to actually start by going back. For those that have listened, you know I ran the Boston Marathon in October. Talked a little bit about that experience afterwards. I did not have the race that I wanted on that day. I was shooting for something in the 250 range with a hopeful negative split, trying to run a smart and beautiful race in Boston, and it did not go that way. The wheels fell off for me after the second Newton Hill around mile 18 and I really struggled to hold things together through the end and ended up running a 303 with a pretty significant for me positive split. Now I get it that's a fast time for many and I don't want to take away from that at all but for me personally and the reference point of my goals that was something that I that I wasn't happy about that made me feel all the feels that made me grieve the the loss of a goal and another attempt at Boston where I didn't run the race that I wanted. And so coming out of that, I talked a little bit about this in a prior episode. I struggled significantly really processing that race. I was definitely feeling all the feels for a bit and at times even questioning why I do this or if I want to do it continue to do it myself, at least as a runner, but ultimately came back to a positive place. But I will say through the end of the year, I was in a bit of a running funk for a couple of reasons that I wanted to quickly lay out before I talk about turning the page into 2022. On one hand, I had some physical things that I was dealing with that I wanted to update you on. Two pieces to that. On one side, uh, I, I learned through actually some blood testing post-Boston. I did a micronutrient test post-Boston that measured the levels of about 50 different micronutrients in my system. And I found some pretty significant deficiencies, which explained potentially some of the things I was feeling in Boston. 
I found out I was deficient in zinc, copper, and selenium in particular, as well as had some ratios of my omega-3 fatty acids were out of whack. On the the first part, zinc and copper and selenium, those are things that can actually affect mitochondrial function and aerobic function. And so I think some of the fatigue I felt late in Boston could have been contributed to or could have been caused by some of those deficiencies. I also was feeling there's some general lingering fatigue in my muscles that that didn't seem to want to go away. And I think that could have been caused by some of those deficiencies. So I got that test done about three weeks post Boston and have been changing my supplement routine in order to catch up on some of those things and get back to feeling normal. And I can tell you that I'm already starting to feel better, especially on hills when I go out and run hills or do hill workouts. And at Boston, the hills were absolutely my kryptonite. I think that could have been partially why. So that's just another reminder that when you're feeling in a funk that's lingering, it never hurts to go do some blood test work to get some underlying information on what might be going on at the cellular level or in your bloodstream. And in my case, I was deficient on those things. Now, it's still a little bit baffling as to why. But I do think perhaps some combination of the stresses that I had over the summer, having a breakthrough COVID case myself, having food poisoning early in the summer, and then, of course, the rigors of marathon training in a hot Austin climate potentially contributed to those deficiencies. And so now I'm working to kind of dig out of that hole. But running was just hard. And so that made it hard to kind of get back in a groove. The other thing I was feeling was a little bit of an Achilles issue, soreness in my Achilles that ultimately turned out to be a nerve aggravation that was caused by my left ankle being jammed up, which is something that I can sometimes chronically deal with because I had some bad ankle sprains on that side growing up. So I got that addressed with my favorite medical providers here in Austin that I work with on a consistent basis when I have issues. And so now I'm running pain-free again and feeling strong and good and not having some of that lingering fatigue that had been plaguing me because I'm catching back up on those supplements and I've got another blood blood test scheduled in a couple of weeks to kind of check in on my progress related to those deficiencies. So I mentioned those things because I wanted you just to remember that sometimes we're in, we're in a funk and we have some of those physical things happening that's makes it hard to get out the door. I mean, for me, when I was facing those things, it just wasn't fun and it hurt and it was a struggle to go out and run. I was having very few of those amazing effortless days in the latter part of 2021, which just made it hard to stay motivated. And so my running was very up and down at the end of the year after Boston. And that's okay. I mean, we all have those seasons, but I would just encourage you that when you do have those seasons to to really try to get to those underlying root causes, especially if some of them might be physical. Parallel to those physical challenges, I was still, I think, facing some of the lingering mental challenges of having a tough race in Boston. I didn't get the goal that I wanted for the day, and that was hard to swallow. 
And while I do think I felt all the feels immediately after that, it still took some time to process some of those feelings and think through what that meant for me going forward. Because if I'm being completely honest, as I alluded to earlier, there were times when I thought, maybe that's it. Maybe that was my last marathon. Maybe it's not worth it going for the big goals that I have because sometimes it's too hard after a letdown like that. And so I was working through and processing some of those feelings. And ultimately, as I advise as a coach, when someone has some of that darkness creep in, I advise you, I advise you to go back to the reasons why you do it in the first place. And so that's what I did. I went back to the beginning in a sense and thought about why I do it in the first place. And now there's a bunch of reasons, but my primary reason in starting out as a runner and that really still fuels me to this day is that I want to see what I can do. I want to test myself. I've personally had a lifetime goal that I, I think arbitrarily picked when I first started running, but it's always been there of breaking two hours and 40 minutes for the marathon. My PR at, the, at this time, I've run 245 a couple of times. I've been fit enough, I believe, to run faster than that a few times, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And so as I am now progressing up a little bit in age, I'm 42 now, will be 43 in July, I have to also deal with those lingering questions that come of how long can I do this as I age and still get faster. And anyway, all that's to say, I went back to the beginning. I said, do I want that goal still? And what does that goal still mean to me in terms of challenging myself and giving my all to go get something, knowing that it's going to take a lot of work to get there at this stage as I'm, I believe, reaching my, my potential, my limits. So the gains are smaller and more incremental at this stage, especially 20 plus years into my journey. And so I went back to that, also went back to the other fundamental reasons why I run, which is that I just love it as an activity for stress relief and mental health. I also love the camaraderie that comes with it, the team I get to work with as a group here at Roke. And that's a big part of what gets me out the door is that camaraderie of the group. So rechecked in on those things, checked myself and confirmed that I still want the big goal, that sub 240. I still believe that it's possible, even though it feels a million miles away, if I'm being completely honest. And honestly, I know what I think the steps are to get there. And I also have a coach in Kathy Casey who coaches our, the group I run with at Rogue, who I believe in can get me there. And so I came to terms with those truths and recommitted to going after that goal. And then it became a question of, okay, well, what is it going to take for me to get there? What is it going to take for me to get there? And so that has then translated into some process goals for me for 2022. And before I talk about that, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of process versus outcome-based goals. And I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's worth reiterating, I believe, because it's an important concept. And goals 
as you know, can be structured in a couple of different ways. There's process goals, which are more about what's the work I need to do to get a specific outcome. And instead of saying, I want this time, I'm going to do this work to go give myself a shot at that time versus an outcome goal that says, look, I want the 240. That's my goal. And ultimately, I think we need both things in order to get those goals. And they're just times when you should maybe perhaps emphasize one or the other. And in this case, for me, given that I need to establish my trajectory again towards that goal, last time I ran 245 was in 2018 in Houston in January. I also ran 246 that year at CIM in December. So I'm three years now plus removed from something in the 240s. And I'm at a stage where I, re- I need to reestablish the process side of my pursuit of that goal because the outcome ultimately will follow that if I lay the foundation appropriately. And as I think about process versus outcome goals, I'm often reminded of a story that I've read about Hank Aaron, Henry Aaron. He, as many of you know, was the most prolific home run hitter in the history of Major League Baseball, at least until Barry Bonds, controversially because of the steroid era, broke his record at some point in the 2000s. But Hank Aaron was the epitome of the home run hitter, and he wasn't a guy who would necessarily hit the most home runs in a season, but he was just consistent at hitting 40-plus home runs a year for a long time, and that ultimately led him to that record. And at one point, he was asked by a sports writer, he was asked, hey, Hank, do you have a goal to hit more than 40 home runs each season? How does that work? And Hank Aaron explained. He said, no, that's not how I think about it. He said, I set my goals around the process. I set my goals around the work that I need to do to set myself up to hit the ball out of the park, including how much batting practice I should be doing, how much strength work I should be doing, how many drills associated with hitting I should be doing. So he would focus on the building blocks for hitting home runs, and then ultimately the home runs would follow. And I think the same is so often true in our running journeys. If we just focus on the building blocks, the things, the details that we need to follow, the habits we need to have in our training journey, then the outcomes will follow. If you focus on the inputs, the outputs will take care of themselves. And so this year for me is all about process. And I'm actually not currently planning to even run a marathon in 2022 because I believe that in order to get towards that big, big hairy goal, the 240, that I have to lay a foundation over this year that focuses on the process. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to talk first about what that means for my race goals in 2022. And I'm, as I said, I'm not going to run a marathon in 2022. I may run Houston January 2023, so not long after this year passes. But currently my focus is on actually the shorter distances this year. I believe I need to get back to running fast 10Ks and fast half marathons in order to go back up and tackle 
that goal in the marathon. And I think that's a common theme and a common story in the lives of many a distance runner, especially those that aspire to marathon PRs. You need to make sure you're being diverse in your training. You're giving yourself the ability to work all ends of the range from the 5k to the 10k up to the half marathon, because the faster you can be at those distances, the faster you will ultimately be at the marathon. Personally, as someone who's lined up for 21 marathons, trained for 21 marathons, finished 20, I have the aerobic strength, the aerobic capacity to do what I need to do to cover two hours and 40 minutes. And, in, and that would be 606 per mile. What I need to make sure I have in parallel to that is the speed to be efficient for that long at that pace. And that means working on the 10K, which I'm going to do in the first part of this year, building up to the cap 10K in Austin in April. And then I'm going to switch gears from there and build up to a fall, either half marathon or 10 mile distance race, maybe going back to the run for the water and trying to chase a sub 60 there, which if you're a long time listener, you'll know that reference. But either way, I'll be racing something in that 10 mile to half marathon range in the fall trying to get fast at that distance before turning to marathon training, potentially for Houston 2023, but maybe not. I'm going to to be patient with it and let the process play out and see where I am later in the year before I go, before I make decisions about what that next marathon will specifically be. But that's the rough outline and blueprint. And for you, you may need to, to think about that because, as I mentioned, those of us that are going from marathon to marathon to marathon without actually switching up and going to the shorter distances, you're going to plateau. You're going to get stagnant, and that's going to inhibit you from reaching your, your biggest potential. So... From there, I want to talk about, okay, well, what are the pieces? What are the piece parts of my training that I'm going to focus on and emphasize? What are the habits that I want to make sure I dial in for 2022 as I go chase this sub 240 goal? But before I get there, I want to talk about my partnership with Care Of. They are a vitamin and supplement company, and I've been working with them actually for about a year now. And I'm excited to extend this partnership in 2022. As we enter this new year, you may have new health goals, new wellness goals. And I believe Care Of can help because they provide you with personalized, easy to get and then use daily vitamin and supplement packs that you can use to support whatever your goals might be for the year. And so... I've used them. What I recommend doing is going to their website, takecareof.com, filling out their online quiz that asks you certain things about you as an individual, and then of course your goals, and it will give you a recommended list of things to consider, which you can then add to your daily packs, and then they send them to you in a box that has a daily pack, so you know exactly what you need to take each day, and It's a subscription service, so they'll keep sending it to you so they don't even have to think about reordering, which has been a challenge personally I've had in the past when I've run out of things. And so they make it super easy. It's personalized to your goals, and it comes to you, and you don't have to think about 
And so for me, as someone who can be forgetful, who can sometimes forget to take to remember what I even took take on a given day, it's it's been a game changer. And so I use them actually to supplement vitamin D, which is a deficiency I've had in the past. And now I've added some other things to my pack, as I mentioned, to deal with some of those deficiencies that I saw in the fall. So I highly recommend you check it out. If you if you need something like that, you can use my code Rogue50. That's Rogue50 for 50% off your first order at TakeCareOf.com. So go check it out. Take the quiz and get your first box of Care of packs. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed in their service. So there you go. That's my partner. I will be working with them all through 2022. So you'll hear more about them over time as well. But let's get back into it. Let's talk about my process goals for 2022. And I think some of these might relate to things you might want to be thinking about yourself. And, you know, as you know, running is an individual journey. So I'm not necessarily telling you to take these things one for one and apply it in your world. But I just want you to think about what might resonate and then pick one or two things that could resonate in your world and then apply it to your own training. The first thing for me, and by the way, a lot of these things are just simple, simple back to the basics type stuff. First one for me actually is related to extending my medium long run, extending my medium long run. I've been running for a long time and regularly I can get up to 60 and 70 mile weeks. And so my medium long run has most commonly been in the 10 to 12 mile range. And that's just sort of the way my routine has been. And I'll translate this to all distances in a minute, but I think one of my opportunities and really my only aerobic opportunity as we get into 2022 is to take that medium long run up to 14 to 15 miles in this year. And I'm going to build that gradually. I'm not going to jump straight there, but to me, that is a fundamental building block. And if there is a way for me to extend mileage in a different way in 2022, it's through that. I've never actually run 14 or 15 mile medium long runs. And at the volume that I run, I believe that's actually an important part of the equation. I also know for me personally as a runner that I do better when I do have longer runs, when I get to those 18 plus long runs, when I get to those longer medium long runs. And so so that's a big part of what I think I need to do in 2022 to set that foundation for the 240 is extend my medium long runs by almost 50% to go from 10 to 12 up to 14 to 15 miles. And I think that's going to make a a big difference for me in terms of translating that aerobic strength and capacity into speed. Now, you may not be at 10 to 12 miles on your medium long run. That's okay. I would encourage you to think about where you are with your medium long run, maybe five or six miles, and think about how can I extend that in this year? wouldn't necessarily go more than eight or 10 if you've been less than that to this point. But if you want to have big impact with your running in 2022, extend that medium long run. To me, it's the unsung hero of distance training in many cases. 
It's not sexy, but it will make a big difference in your results in 2022. So highly consider extending that medium long run. The second thing that I'm doing process related in 2022 is setting a goal to get in 100 strength training sessions in 2022. That's an average of just under two per week. I can tell you that I don't like strength training and I've been, I've done it in small chunks at various times throughout my running career, but I've never consistently and completely embedded it into my routine so that it becomes a no brainer because I just frankly don't enjoy it. And yet I know that especially as I age and especially if I want that staying power in the marathon that I need to do it more consistently. And, and so my goal for 2022 is to average getting two per week in, and I'm going to start small, keep it really simple. But the goal right now is just focus strictly on body weight related exercises and establish that routine and consistently in the early parts of the year and then gradually extend what I'm doing by adding weights over time. I actually went back at the end of 2021 and I read Running Rewired, which is one of my favorite books about strength training for runners by Jay Dishery. He was on my on the podcast back in episode 80, so it's been a little while. But it had been a little while since I've read his book again, and so I went back, read it cover to cover, and really started to think about how that applied to my own opportunities as a full athlete. And so now I'm incorporating some of his exercises and routines into a body weight strength program that I'm doing myself and doing it twice a week. So far I've been consistent. I started actually in December to to build that consistently. And so far in this year I've been consistent about it, but I know that I'm going to have to be consistent for the entire year and beyond if I really want that impact to start shining through. And so for me, it's about getting it in, getting it, getting it to be a consistent part of my routine, but also it's about learning to actually enjoy that part of the equation. And so I've been experimenting with different ways to try to get myself to enjoy it. And I may not ever love it or thrive on it, but I do want to at least enjoy it or tolerate it. And one of the ways I've been doing that is just by making sure that I have variety in that routine because variety keeps it interesting for me, mixes things up and I'm enjoying it. So I've been trying to mix up a little bit what I've been doing instead of just doing the same set of exercises every time. And that's given me some, some spark in life with it, but also playing with other ways to keep it interesting. But but back to the fundamentals of just getting in a couple of days a week of strength training and learning to enjoy it. So that's one of the fundamental things that I'll be focusing on. I think that combined with the medium long run are two of the primary elements for me, but I've got a few others. So let's talk about those. Uh, these other, these next two relate to what I believe are fundamental speed development tools and really everybody should be doing these once a week. Personally, for me, I'd gotten away from it a little bit and at least doing it consistently. And so I'm, I'm recommitting to getting back to these habits every single week. One of them is just doing at least one session a week of strides. Strides are little inoculations of speed. They're like allergy shots of speed that essentially 
done once don't do anything but done consistently week in and week out will actually make a difference in your speed development what's a stride a stride is an 80 to 100 meter short controlled sprint the way i like to advise you do them is to divide that section of road or track that's that length up into thirds mentally build your speed for a third hold your speed for a third then let off the gas and cruise for the final third and you want to reach somewhere around 90 to 95 percent of peak speed in the middle so you're getting to a controlled sprint in the middle then letting off the gas and cruising to the finish with a real focus on maintaining form while doing that you walk back to the start for complete and full recovery and then repeat one session of those is typically anywhere from four to six strides. Not that many, but it will make a, a massive difference if you do it consistently. I know that's another one that's easy to do once, easy to do twice, and then often it falls away at some point during a training cycle. So make sure you reintroduce it in 2022 and that it doesn't fall away. Find a place for it. I like to typically do them after my medium long run day, but they can really be done on any day outside of a quality day. Another speed development tool is drills. Drills, doing running drills. And I've talked about these before. This is something that I, in the group I coach in person here in Austin, we do every single week as a part of our dynamic warm up. It can serve as that in advance of a quality, but they can also be done on another day. Personally, I like to do them actually on an easy day as a way to flush out the waste from hard efforts and so i've got a set of routine drills that we do with my team when i do workouts with the group i train with and then i have another set of drills that i'm now doing during another easy run during the week typically at the end once i'm warm but drills are essentially you breaking up running form into its piece parts and then working on those individual movements Oftentimes, you've heard of some of these drills. There are things like high knees and butt flicks and certain skipping drills. Those things you may be seen and heard about, but it's easy for, again, for these to fall away. And so I've recommitted to doing these drills in 2022 as well, at least once a week, in order to make sure that I'm breaking down that stride into its smaller components so that I can ultimately make them more efficient through the drills and then build that back together into a full stride that is more efficient. That will not only help with speed, but it'll also help with efficiency over the course of 26.2 miles. I think we often forget that running a marathon is actually an exercise in efficiency. It's about how you can burn as little energy as possible, running fast for as long as possible so that you can finish strong at the end so the more efficient you are running those faster paces those marathon paces the more chance you have of getting that goal and i'm a big believer that drills are a part of that so drills is another thing and then the last thing for me is a routine that i talked in episode 221 where i talked about somatic movement therapy something i learned about during my sabbatical I've got challenges with my lower legs, particularly ankles and calves and Achilles and the associated nerves in those areas on both sides. I've had challenges with it and there is a somatic movement therapy routine around helping either 
heal from or prevent plantar fasciitis that just simply helps mobility and to prevent tightness in the lower legs. And so that's something that I need to actually be doing consistently or have started doing consistently at least every other day for me. And when something pops up where it starts to bother me, perhaps daily, because that's a simple routine that actually keeps my lower legs mobile and keeps my calves from getting too tight. That helps prevent the issues that I often have with my lower legs, which might be calf tightness, Achilles issues, nerve irritation in those areas that has on both sides at one time or another knocked me out. So that's a an injury prevention routine that I've embedded in my process so that as I'm adding these miles and focusing on speed, I can stay healthy at the same time. And that's it. Five things that I'm focused on. And and what I'm doing with these things is I've actually started a bullet journal. I actually talked about bullet journaling on my episode with Colleen Quigley back in the day. It's a tool that she uses to track her habits, but it's basically just a simple matrix where you lay out the weeks down the up and down axis and then the habits to the left right axis in just simple check boxes or fill in boxes where you each week you can lay out have I done the things that I needed to do. So on there for me is getting in the medium long run at the certain distance, which I've mapped out in the build, getting in those twice weekly strength sessions, the one stride session, the one drill section session, and then at least three of the planter exercise routines from somatic movement therapy. And so each of those has its own box. The weeks are then going down the side where I've got one to 52 weeks in the year and Now my goal is to just literally fill in those boxes from week to week. It's not about certain performance or achieving something in in any of those subparts, but it's just about checking the box and getting the work done. Because I know if I can do that consistently, then it will lay the foundation for going to chase that sub 240 when I next do it. And it's that, that simple. It's not complicated. There's no magic bullets to go chase. It's just the unsexy fundamentals that even as someone who's been doing this for more than two decades is still having to emphasize to make sure that I get the goals that I want. And so my question for you is, what are the fundamental habits that you need to instill in 2022 to to go get your goals? It may have been one or two of the things that I mentioned on my list but it could be something else and that's okay. Write that down. Then go about checking those boxes and getting that work done because the process is what leads to the outcomes that you want. And this leads me to one of my favorite quotes from the great Elliot Kipchoge. He says, champions are not made on race day. They are made in the seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, months, and years that are spent preparing. And I believe to my core that that's how it works in our sport. It's how it's worked for him as somebody who's been working with the same coach in the same program since he was in his teens and he's now in his mid-30s and a world record holder in the marathon. But he's been doing it the same way for a long time and just week after week, month after month, year after year, putting in that fundamental work And ultimately, without having to do anything crazy or big or magical, 
the results will follow. So that's my word for you as we kick off 2022. Thanks for joining me again in this new year. Thanks for helping get me towards that 2 million download milestone. Would love if you dropped a review, if you like what you hear with this show. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about us, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next week, we'll talk to you soon.